Come Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thy well-beloved spouse, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus, we know, was a powerful teacher, the most powerful teacher that ever lived, because he was, in fact, the Word that made flesh, the Son of God made man. And Jesus liked to use concrete stories and vivid examples to get his divine truths across. He wasn't speaking to just the intelligentsia. He wanted everyone to understand. And his words are simple but profound and contain maybe something for everyone, whether you're a child or a young adult or an adult or a great professor and a great mind. We can all draw things from Jesus' teachings, and Jesus used parables oftentimes, a story with a moral point in order to make his moral points. Often a comparison was used one thing with another in these parables. And today, chapter Matthew, chapter 13 of Matthew's Gospel. Two of Jesus' parables. They're short, not long. One is the mustard seed, which is quite small, but produces a plant that is a bush about eight to ten feet high, enough to accommodate the birds if they wanted to nest there. And Jesus told the crowd, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed which a man took, sowed in his field. When this parable, the man would represent Jesus. The field is the world, and the seed is the word of God, or the gospel that Jesus preached. The point of this parable, as most of the saints have commented on it, is that the, the gospel message in the church begins as a small entity. Think about it, 120 people were at the beginning of the church, Blessed Virgin Mary, other women, the apostles, and other disciples. They were gathered in that upper room on Pentecost. And this is the beginning of the mystical body, which began to spread and go out in all directions to every part of the world, because Jesus said, go out and preach to all nations. The Hindus, the Buddhists, Greeks, Romans, whatever. And through the efforts of the apostles and St. Paul, who was uh, a later apostle, and their successors, the Christian message spread throughout the world. And that growth of the Word of God that power of the Word of God also is applicable to each one of us. If we receive the Word of God with an open mind and heart and contemplate the Word, or words of Jesus Christ, that Word of God will grow and, and flourish within us. We will grow more holy we will grow more Christ-like, we will grow in especially those virtues of faith, hope, 
charity. The second parable in the gospel today is the parable of the leaven, uh, leaven or yeast in the dough. That's really the gospel message. The flower, you could say, is the world, and a small amount of yeast permeates the whole mass of flour, the whole loaf, as you say, makes it rise. So also, um, that gospel message spreads throughout the world, and also we can consider the yeast in the parable as divine grace, which should grow and flourish in all of us. The point is that the gospel of Jesus works quietly, okay? like that, the plants that grow in the field, okay? it will permeate, influence the whole world, it will do so in each one of us by those virtues that it sows in us, charity, compassion, mercy, forgiveness, so on and so forth. And <clears throat> we know that since the time of Christ, Every part of the world has been touched by his gospel through the preaching and through missionary efforts throughout the world. The drama of that conversion of the world still goes on and will go on until the end of time. And uh, I'd say especially in, in more recent decades we see the church grow by leaps and bounds in places like Africa. Uh, it seems to be dwindling in other places. Europe, even these United States, and that is, that is sad. Maybe we need more martyrs, as Tertullian said back in the third century, the blood of martyrs is the seed of the faith. And we can think of how certain people have influenced others with the preaching of the gospel. John Paul II, who was Pope for 25 years, he spoke to Three and a half billion people, it's estimated, in person and on television. Think of Bishop Sheen back in the 50s, the first televangelist. You know, he touched the hearts of millions in this country, not only Catholics, but others as well. And the saints throughout the ages, St. Francis of Assisi, St. Thomas More, in our own time, someone like St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa. That word of God, God's grace, has to be at work in each one of us. And we have to grow in that holiness. And how, how do we do that? Well, um, say it's a, I like to think of it as a tripod. Okay? Um, prayer and two of the sacraments. Prayer, we have to, to always grow and deepen in our prayer life. The saints tell us if we're not deepening and growing in our prayer life, then we're going backwards. We just don't remain on a level playing field. We have to keep striving to grow into a deeper and deeper relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And that means we have to take time out every day and pray. That's probably the hardest thing to do, that discipline. Okay? Because it, be, it can become tedious for us to pray. And um, But it, it is that constant effort, even when it's dry, and it seems like we don't get anything out of it, that we have to be um, committed to it all the more, 
and God will reward our efforts by drawing us closer to him if we continue to pray. Another element or rod in that tripod is growing in holiness. God's word as well is, is periodic confession. We all need to go to confession. If there's anyone here who's not a sinner, please tell me. After Mass, I'd like to know how you do it. We all should be using that great sacrament, that beautiful sacrament, regularly, and examining our conscience every night before bed. If we examine our conscience, just take a minute every night. The Holy Spirit will let us see our, our failings, bring them to light, and we'll want to get to confession soon. <coughs> Confess those sins. And, Get that special grace that only comes in the sacrament of penance to strengthen us from falling into those same sins as we habitually fall into. Um, sometimes people say, well, I keep committing the same sins, and I always say, well, imagine how many more times you would commit them if you were confessing. The striving for sainthood is a lifelong effort, and um, we're only finished with it at the end of our lives. Finally, other leg of that tripod is the Eucharist. The Eucharist is Christ, who is the love of God incarnate. And Jesus nourishes us with his flesh and blood, his incarnate love, his love and flesh, in this great sacrament, which strengthens us to allow that word of God implanted and that grace which we received at baptism to grow and to grow in those virtues, especially in charity, that love of God and love of neighbor. <clears throat> we have to <clears throat> follow that, that golden rule day in and day out. Do unto others as we would have them do unto ourselves. Let us use means that God gives us, makes available to us to grow in, in that holiness, to let that seed of the Word of God grow and flourish in us, that grace that we received uh, uh, multiply, bear abundant fruit in our, our good works of loving God and neighbor so that when we stand before God at the end of our lives, to render that accounting, um, Jesus will say, and we will hear those wonderful words, come, my brothers and sisters, enter into the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.